welcome to Never Too Serious with Scott and Dave. I'm Scott. And I'm Dave. Dave, we're going to do a part two. Yes. It's funny because we've been kind of doing a little bit of part twos of recent podcasts. It's because it's so much fun. We've got to continue stuff. I know. There's too much to share. Yeah. Uh, we're continuing on with some more inventions. Yeah. Some historical ones, some things that have impacted us and invented for pretty good reason. Yeah. Yeah. You might even come away uh, learning a little something. Possibly. Possibly. I'm not going to like hold Scott's breath. I, well, to be honest, I find stuff interesting all the time that other people have no interest in. I think I heard your wife say that once. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, anything comedy, anything historical channel, history channel, yeah. anything that, you know, would be learning about nature, wants nothing to do with it. Is that right? Yeah. Oh. Unless it's like human behavior. She's interested in that because, you know, she likes reality shows. Oh. Yeah. You know what? Your fault. You brought it up. Disappointment. Yeah, you know, it's a real reality show that I actually thought it was fun. So, <laughs> yes, go ahead, go ahead. Well, so um, it's called Ridiculousness. Uh huh. With and, Rob Deerdick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you? What? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, Rob, Rob, I didn't know it was that kind of show, but anyways, <laughs> um, and I like this show, mm-hmm. and and because they apparently because they have good writers, but you know, so there was somebody that went to their show. And they exposed how it works. Mm. So you don't get, we think that we're getting to see people um, get uh, their, their reactions to the videos they're seeing. Well, they get sent the videos that are going to be shown. And then, and then it was said that, that um, and then they have writers uh, to tell them how to react. No way. I'm like, you know, that's sad. No way. So <laughs> just to be fair, because if I'm wrong, you could I'll point it to the person that mm-hmm. it was. I think it was one of the Pauls, Jake or mm-hmm. Paul or somebody went on to his show. Mm-hmm. Was one of the guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's the one that wow. uh, spilled the beans about it. I'm like, I still liked it. So kudos to the writers, I guess. But mm-hmm. if that's true, but you know, I do want to go and see them being stupid and silly. The real reactions. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need somebody to sit there and. Hey, I'll come up with something good. But that does kind of explain because I I've watched the show too. Uh, is it an MTV show or is it one hmm. of those like you have to yeah either pay for cable or <laughs> maybe uh, anyway <laughs> Could be. I can't it, even it's not one that I had on on my streaming channels uh, and I always thought that in some cases like the the re- reaction doesn't seem really spontaneous. There's after they after they've said that I'm like oh mm-hmm. my gosh there's a lot of forced laughter isn't there yeah you know, yeah but, but yeah kind of because there are there is some really stupid ones yeah and, and so even if you know it's coming you still laugh <laughs> laugh about yes. it yes so anyways yeah. I thought that was that was that was odd yeah. I, I like reality show but you you wonder how much reality is in those shows mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah sometimes you can figure out whether someone's a good actor or not yes mm-hmm this is true. Mm-hmm. So, All right. um, let, let me uh, redirect yes. to the inventions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely jump track. Sometimes we do. Well, that's just how it's got to be. Do you, uh, tell, <laughs> tell me about an invention. Uh, okay, so I... What do you got? Well, okay, I grew up under the, um, the MacGyver um, segment of, of TV... You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I do. You remember MacGyver? Oh, of course. <laughs> I might even be able to hum the theme uh, song. I, I I still think it's funny that Fonzie was one of the 
um, executive producers. I didn't. Show. I did yeah. not. Know yeah, that. Henry Winkler is is wow. yeah one of the executive. I did not know that he was pretty young then. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. well, I mean, he wasn't. I never happy, looked Happy Days young. No, but <laughs> I mean, I never really heard too much after mm-hmm. Happy Happy Days, so yeah. I didn't know that he did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but it was one of my favorites. And uh, MacGyver, for those of you who don't, you guys should just look him up on YouTube yeah. because there's. It's kind of cheesy, but if you kind of like creative problem solving and yep. a little bit of science, MacGyver's the guy. I, I could be wrong, but even even kids these days might know about it because they think they have a, a new MacGyver that that they had a spinoff of recently. Yeah, I no. think you're right. So it might be a chance that everybody knows who this genius yeah, is. Just not the original. Yeah, MacGyver. you know what? You're a little MacGyver. Yeah, I, I yeah I identify myself kind of as a MacGyver. I hmm. use the uh, MacGyvering as a as a term for me to fix stuff. Uh, anyway, so the reason the reason I bring it up is that one of the inventions is duct tape. Oh, oh, and du- duct tape is one of those. Well, it's duct tape and bubble gum and bailing wire, yeah. or you know, the combination of those things, you can survive anything. Yep. You know, the nuclear holocaust. You can't um, be MacGyver without duct tape. Yeah. And maybe a paperclip. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) You have to have those at least close by at all times. Well, he always, uh, MacGyver always had uh, a little extra bit of duct tape, and he's used it in quite a few of his shows where he just pulls it out of his pocket because he says, (laughs) I would never leave home without it. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. So the the history, the background of it, this actually comes from a website called Mental Floss. They kind of talk about amazing facts and um, you know some historical stuff and so I wanted to just read it real quick because I really like duct tape and there are new versions of duct tape oh, you know oh. they got the gorilla tape gorilla tape and some duct tape that's not really duct tape that is cheapo <sighs> and it like rips too easily my wife the... bought a whole pack of all of those like six of them mm-hmm Oh, that's terrible. It's it terrible. almost doesn't even stick to itself. Yeah, yeah. Or you leave it out for too long, and it just sort of disintegrates into this goo. <laughs> it's such a pain to clean up. Anyway, uh... so uh, duct tape was the brainchild of Vesta Stout. And um, I don't even know if I'm saying the last name correctly, but they're from, uh, this person is a, a female a mom from Illinois whose son was in the Navy. And... Uh, she worked at a Green River uh, Ordnance plant packing and inspecting boxes of ammunition. And as you know, ammunition is really heavy. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, they used this dipped wax sort of um, material. And it's kind of like um, uh, like paper and wax. And, mm-hmm. and they use it to seal up these boxes. But in you know, wartime, it's a real pain to try and open and um, it, it's not, like, super strong. Anyway, um, basically, they're talking about this It just is a problem for soldiers being kind of flimsy, and she's like, why not create a, a cloth-based um, version? And so she came up with um, this duct tape. Uh, let's see. She says, created a cloth-based waterproof tape to seal the boxes. She and her, her supervisors... Uh, evidently, the supervisors were not uh, helpful. They didn't support they never, the idea. Are, are anybody ever supportive? I, I, I mean, and all the stories we've read yeah. about 
No. No, they kind of go on their own yeah. to, to build it. Oh, it's terrible. It's Think yeah. of a... Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and so she, she goes all the way to the president, to President Roosevelt at the time. Whoa. And, and suggested it to the president. So she had... I don't know if it was just easier to access the president back then. Uh, I'm pretty shocked. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. can't even get on Shark Tank. Yeah. You know, she hits up the president. Yeah, so the president sends her a letter to the uh, War Department board, and her idea was approved, and the rest is history. Now, you know, the original use of duct tape was for these ammunition boxes. Wow. And uh, interesting fact, the astronauts, uh, I can't remember, Apollo 13, you know, when, um, what was his name, uh, Tom, what's his last name? Hanks. Hanks. You know, got stuck in the <laughs> lunar lander. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No. The movie Apollo 13. Oh, I don't even know yeah. I've seen it. Okay. I know it wasn't Tom Hanks, but... I know. Anyway, the I story didn't... is that they, they were... Um, the, the guys were trapped in this... Um, I don't know if it was a lander, but they were trapped in this, this you know, lander for, I want to say, it was like 86 hours or something. Oh. And it had been designed to only handle for 48 hours with, I want to say two people. And they had three and they had to last for like 80 something hours in order to uh, survive. And so they had to, um, they had to fix the CO2 scrubbers in order to have the oxygen necessary. Oh. And so they took duct tape as one of, one of the things that was available and they used duct tape to um, fit, I want to say it was like a square filter into a round hole. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So they had to build this contraption. And duct tape was one of the key, hmm. the key ingredients to make that happen. I'll be darned. I don't doubt that a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I love duct tape. You, got, you have to. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> what? Yeah. If you're, a dude, like if you're a dude, in America at least, you got to like duct tape. <laughs> got to have something rolling around in the back of your truck. Yeah, or on your truck to keep it together. Well, that might be true, too. Have you seen that? You see, the, <laughs> you, see you can tell the car has obviously been rear-ended, and the whole back bumper is just held on by duct tape. Yep. And they don't even do a good job of, like, concealing that it's duct tape. They just wrap yep. it all up. Yep, just got to get it done. Yeah. Got to get to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that, think of where we, where we would be without the duct tape. A lot of ducks without tape. Yeah. I wonder, yeah, I wonder why they call it duct because it goes in the ducting. Because it wasn't originally for ducting. Right. But, but it is now. I, I imagine yeah. that somebody finally took it, took their, yeah. their patent and mixed it up their way and yeah. used it for the duct work in. I know. I will be honest. I, I, I said duck right. for a lot of years. Yeah. When I was a kid, I thought for sure it was <laughs> duct tape. And then they told yeah. me, like, yeah. no. There's not even a duck logo on there, I don't think. No. Nope. <laughs> I, I, I'm... I'm I should have looked a little bit more into where the actual name came from, but you might be right. It might, like someone later on, that was like the primary yeah. thing in uh, ducting work. Yeah, they reinvented huh. the invention. Again. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Uh, you want to hear another one? Yes, I do. So we talked a little bit about this one on uh, the last episode, and I, I find it very fascinating because I'm a tech nerd <laughs> and uh, barcodes. Mm-hmm. Barcodes. Uh, June 26, 1974, grocery store cashier at Marshall Supermarket in Troy, Ohio, passed a, uh, a pack of Wrigley's Juicy Fruit chewing gum over a scanner, and the item and price were automatically registered. It was the first time an item with a barcode had ever been purchased. Wrigley's Juicy Fruit gum. Yeah. Back when it was like a penny, I'm sure. 
But they have a, and I can't remember the name of it, but they have a movie or documentary about that coming about. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty interesting. Uh, I bet I bet Netflix has something like that mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I should have dug, dug, did some digging. Yeah. Because it, it is a good, it is really cool. Actually. Yeah. So the inventors behind the Marvel, uh, Joseph Woodland and Bernard Silver, they envisioned a system of lines that could be identified that could identify consumer products by using encoded information read by an optical scanner. And this was, like we talked about on the last show, it was kind of inspired by Morse code. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the, I mean, there's several different types of barcodes that, that are used today. Uh, the standard barcode known as the universal product code, the UPC um, dash A, which are comprised of 12 digits and each little segment of digits represents certain things Um, like the first three denotes what type of item it is like if it's a health related item or something and then um, the rest of the stuff can be product specific and manufacturer yep so uh, i i find it kind of an interesting (coughs) thing growing up uh, barcodes were still kind of new and I remember there was this big panic that, because, um, you know, we grew up pretty religious and my grandma was a little crazy. And she envisioned that the 666 identification number of the Mark of the Beast, she thought that it was going to be barcoded. <laughs> Dave, you're like, you're dying here. Yeah. We've talked about how crazy my grandmother was. I know, it's just ridiculous. And and of course, there are some movies that have um, these barcodes on, tattooed on people and use yeah. them as identifiers. But yeah, she thought that, uh, that the barcodes, that was like, it's not 666, it's going to be a barcode. And that'll identify That's going to be the mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, yeah. it's going to be a microchip. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be like... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not going to be mm-hmm. a freaking barcode. Come yeah. on, we're way past that. Yeah. But like you were saying, I don't know what it's called, but on your on your phones, you know, they invented a, a the QR type. code. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 crazy, I, and it was all stemmed from one person's yeah phone. idea. Yeah, and then once they got into this barcode, then it became a bunch of other things. There's there's other barcode standards. Uh, that exist, and then they identify certain aspects of, you know, like sometimes country of origin and yep. some other things. Location and yeah, yep. Uh, QR codes, though, I think because uh, I personally like QR codes. I think that there's some some cool flexibility in QR codes. You can also have unique designs where you can throw in different color or some hidden logo stuff hmm. uh, into a, a QR code. But they weren't popular until the pandemic when QR codes really became useful uh-huh. to the everyday person who had a smartphone. And of course, we talked about it before, which is that uh, a lot of the phones now are just natively compatible with scanning QR codes. Yeah. So they'll recognize it. Like I, I had um, uh, my Apple TV. I have a subscription on there and evidently it had lapsed or expired or something. And so it presented a QR code. And instead of me having to go back and log into, you know, my account and do all this stuff, because it's a pain to do it on the little remote, it just has the QR code and you scan the QR code. It takes it directly to the website to confirm that that thing is approved. Yeah. It was so fast. Oh. 
Yeah. That is nice. I, I, I've tried to use it once, but I've not really used it. Yeah. Well. I, I just. Whenever you see one, just grab your phone. See where it takes you. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Somebody's going to be watching me on the other side. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, you got to get TikTok off your phone. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just kidding, just kidding. Oh, yeah. We need to talk to one of our buddies. Yeah, no yep. kidding. Uh huh. We need an intervention. The, the the things that you have to <laughs> give away to be on that 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 uh, site or whatever you want to call it uh-huh. is unbelievable. I can't believe. Uh-huh. it I, Wasn't Joe Rogan? I I want to say it was one of his interviews where they really dove into what TikTok can do. I know Tucker Carlson, he had a little uh, awakening for people. Oh. And it was all the... I'm going to have to watch yeah. that episode. Yeah. Uh, Rogan's podcast is a little long, and sometimes it's hard to find hmm. specific segments like that, unless he's packaged it and put it on YouTube, which is possible. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, let's stay away from TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, want to hear another one? Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, this one's not as... Well, I don't know. It's kind of interesting to me. So maybe other people will find it interesting. So. Oh, man, you already lost me. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk about toilets. Oh, I'm all late on that. Uh, I happen to use one once or twice <laughs> in a week. <laughs> a week. <laughs> uh, well, have you heard of the, the S-trap on a toilet? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you do handyman stuff, so you mm. know you know you've installed a toilet before, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know sinks have have these and toilets have yep. these, and I didn't even realize how important that thing was. Yeah, right. and um, so I'll, I'll get into the, the the details of you know how it was invented, but the purpose of it is to block the stinky gases and other things from coming back up the pipe and out. Your yeah. toilet. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it either. So, so because of my project that we were um, building the apartment, mm-hmm. and and you know we had like a rag stuffed in, we had it all piped up, and just before we had the toilet, anything in there, we had just a you know it piped in and a, a rag stuffed in it. Well, boom, so somehow it popped out of there or something, and we come up there. <laughs> Uh, oh man it was so bad and we're thinking again oh my gosh what's wrong what's wrong what's mm-hmm. wrong oh because i'm not gonna lie i didn't know not until about a year or so ago mm-hmm. i didn't know what i didn't understand what the heck that was for so we had st- we started having some things installed and it went away mind you i still didn't know and and then all of a sudden something stunk again we're like oh no we have the toilet in and Oh, coming to find out. No, you got to get some water in there. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. That's, that's what keeps yeah. it to, keeps the stank down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, folks. And can... I had no, I really had no idea the, the purpose. Yeah. Well, so I'll, I'll put a picture up here, mm-hmm. but um, it, it's, I mean, it's kind of the shape of an S and it's this little trough. And as long as there's water in there, that creates a seal so that you don't get the stinky gases coming yeah. back up through the through the pipe. It's so simple. It's it's so yeah. I mean, what a what a great modification because it was quite a few years where they didn't have that, and uh, it's the same thing in your sink oh and my other gosh. stuff. That'd be, yeah, yeah. It's if what I a had cool a straight pipe engine. just in my sink straight down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they don't would to, reek. Yeah, well, and they don't have any like special 
like seals or or one-way valves or right. you know these things it's just water settled into um a little trough right. that blocks from both ends uh passing of air yeah and i <laughs> i never i didn't know that until a little while, a little bit yeah, ago yeah okay so I'll, I'll read a little bit here um there's a a little bit of historical context which is um I don't know, fascinating, because people don't really think about toilets and how really valuable they are. <laughs> so um, here we go. Dry, dry and flush toilets have been around for thousands of years, while many of us take these pieces of porcelain hardware for granted. Yes, that's very true. Um, let's see. Uh, toilets are the key to thriving in healthy society. So having a designated place to do your business cuts back on outbreaks of infection. I mean, think about it. They used to, well, they used to do their business on the street. They used to do it on... Uh, That's the new thing, new rage now, <laughs> yeah, too. Well, in San Francisco. Yeah. Well, and Portland. Uh, but, uh, and then they would get these, uh, it's not like a bedpan. What do they call it? It's uh, It's kind of like that. It's a jar that used to be up on the bedside, and mm-hmm. you would do your business in that, and then you just dump it out the window out to the street, which is where the rest of the sewer was flowing. And... Uh, yeah, so... That's so foul. <laughs> so foul. But, you know, it wasn't... Well, I guess I was going to say it wasn't that long ago, but it was in, when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So let's just say in 94, uh, I went into... Uh, we went to Mexico, and some of those toilets we weren't allowed to flush. Some of them were just buckets. Mm-hmm. Five-gallon buckets. Yeah, that's gross. Not even an outhouse, not even a whole... Yeah. That, it was interesting. No, uh, no clean bidet attached to you that. You really don't know what you have until you go <laughs> see what other people have. Yeah. And, you know, I'll be straight. These, these people were, in my opinion, and if I remember, I thought they were clean people. They had a system. Mm-hmm. They freaked out because, you know, the first thing we do, I, I don't think I did it. You use the bathroom, you flush. You do. That's just habit. Yes. And I think that that happened... Through a lot of us did that. It, not, I don't believe, who knows, I, don't, I might have, I don't think I did, but, but it's a big deal. And because yeah. and, you're supposed to put all the other waste and stuff in the, the, the toilet paper in the trash can. Just yeah. depends on whose house you're in. Yeah, yeah. But, well, yeah. And because where it ends up is probably the river nearby. You know, storm drains and into the river and it's not ever, yeah. none of that stuff is filtered out. Yeah, it's, uh, but I never, I never thought of them. You know, I never thought that their homes were filthy, or even their yeah. bathroom was filthy. I mean, there, it was, it was just how they did it. They just, yeah. Well, and there's like really good septic systems, but you know, septic systems are good for individual homes with a fair amount of space. It's not great for an apartment complex. <laughs> no. There has to be some other method of oh sewage treatment. Yeah, I never even thought about how much crap goes through a freaking <laughs> apartment yeah. complex. Yeah. Uh, so it goes on to talk about John Harrington, who is the godson of Queen Elizabeth I, who is sort of the modern inventor of uh, flush toilets. Because you think about, you know, dumping it out the window or having an outhouse where you're just doing your business into a hole. But, uh, yeah, these, these uh, S-traps, um, where is it? I'm looking for a date of when it actually came in. Um, yeah, 1775. Sc- um, Scottish watchmaker named Alexander See? Cumming. Yeah, he developed That's how the S trap. 
It was. So yeah, simple that we didn't change it for hundreds of years. Yeah. 1775. That's, that's pretty, I mean, that's still a long time ago. Yeah. And, and we it, haven't, we didn't even like, know. Dude, spot on. <laughs> don't change a thing. Yeah. Yeah. What a what a great modification to because if you think about it, uh, modern flush toilet, they're just uh, you know there's a reservoir of water. You hit the flusher and it just dumps that reservoir of water in and then flushes it down the pipe. But then just like you were saying, if that pipe is totally open to the world, boy, all those nasty smells come back up. So what a what a bright invention. Yeah, you know. keep all the bugs down too. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, a lot of it was uh, disease vectors, you know, yeah. bacteria and viruses. How and easy it would be. Then the bugs get into it and that can spread it. And then, of course, the, uh, ah, the rodents. Right. And <laughs> so what else you got? Uh, <laughs> here, I got, here, you got something I do. Me? Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, yeah, it's totally different than that. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I'll this is, just my spice beverage. it up. Um, so what about Listerine here? Oh, that's much better. Yeah. Oh, I can feel it's fresher in here already. <laughs> um, so I want to read you a little something here. So Listerine was invented 135 years ago. Wow. Yeah. That's a while. That is a while. I wonder if it was fresh mint flavor back then. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. And here's why. <laughs> no. For, actually, to be honest with you. It, it probably was, actually. Um, first, mm. it was invented 135 years ago, first as a surgical antiseptic, mm -hmm. but also as a cure for gonorrhea. <laughs> I'm going to have to go get me some, uh, uh, <laughs> some Listerine <laughs> stat. <laughs> so, that must be interesting. Yeah. Um, an article from 1888 recommends Listerine for sweaty feet. And soft corns, hmm. not the hard ones, apparently, no. developing between the toes, <laughs> by the way. Okay, so over the course of the next century, it was marketed as a refreshing additive to cigarettes. Oh. I wonder if that's where menthols came from. Yeah. Oh. It was also good for a cure for the common cold and as dandruff treatment. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder if it really fit, because sometimes, you know, I've had some used, what was it, head and shoulders years ago, mm -hmm. and sure, it tingled, but I just thought, they just put some crap in there and make it tingle, so make it look like it's doing something. Yeah. Is it? I don't know. Maybe Listerine is just like, or what, you know. The active just, ingredient is peppermint oil. It just made it feel like <laughs> it was tingly. So, uh. and so, oh, 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 but it was in the 1920s that the powerful germ-killing liquid finally landed on its most lucrative use as a magical cure for bad breath. Huh. And I'm sure, like, because Listerine today still burns the heck out of oh. your mouth. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that people freaked out about that. But, I mean, you know, maybe people were still back then buying, like, snake oil and other... Um, you know, liquid things to but, cure or anything. But, <laughs> but whatever happened to, you know, it was an antiseptic. It was, you know, I mean, this one here, they, you have to spit it out. You're not supposed to drink it. But here's yeah. the other thing. Mm -hmm. You know what else it's good for? Getting you drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching this, this uh, one show. It was about... 
about a bunch of drunks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, it's, oh my goodness, I can't think of the word. In Intervention is what it was. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so this lady, ooh, I'm, I didn't know there was so, you could get that far. She, she would drink so much that their family would take all of the bottles and stuff away. And wow. she even went to the bar and she came out livid because somebody stole her car and they even pointed it's right there. She lost her stuff and, and it was, she was, and it was right there. Anyways, huh. she would go by because she couldn't keep any other alcohol, go by Listerine mm-hmm. and drink it like it was water, man. I couldn't even believe it. There's gotta be something else in there that would just ruin your insides. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I've drank yeah. in it before. Just, you know, I used to use it and it, mm-hmm. you know, go down my throat and stuff. And yeah. it is. Yeah, it's a little spicy. <laughs> yeah. And, and it makes me wonder because I know some heavy alcoholics, mm-hmm. they like that burn. Oh, okay. And so maybe it's that uh, as oh. it goes down. But there's alcohol in it enough to get them jacked up, I guess. Yeah. But she goes around with like a half gift. So again, half gallon of Listerine. Got a story for you. I want to say you may have worked with this guy. Oh, this was way back in the day. I was working for uh, Plymouth Chrysler, doing those car displays in the mm-hmm. malls, and there was a guy. I won't mention his name. Oh, I about, <laughs> about threw it out. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. So he uh, was an alcoholic. Had oh, been, definitely had, know who you're talking about. <laughs> he, uh, I, I really enjoyed working with him. Really enjoyable guy. And he was a good guy. And very open about his alcoholism and and his recovery. And he was so excited about. Um, I want to say it was a Mazda RX-7 <laughs> that he used to soup up because he had um, lost his license for such a long time. And this was like his baby. He finally got his license back. Got his license he just back. decked out this car. And um, anyway, he used to tell me stories of how low he had gotten. He was drinking the alcohol out of those little um, like food heater like burner things oh, no. you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. um, a little bunsen burner or whatever I, oh gosh i, I know I can't what you're talking about i can't remember the name of it now um but it's like a little gel and there's a process that you can do to it to turn it into a liquid and he said that he used to drink the liquid off of that because he was so bad like so messed up oh. and needed it so bad yeah like resort to some crazy stuff that's 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 out. that's bad that, I will tell you that that's why I think uh, mm, I think alcohol gets too good of a rap. I mean, <laughs> I'm not it, trying to say there's yeah, other drugs out there, there that are, has a bad rap. Yeah, but I'm just saying that alcohol you could go from having a great time to death in a night. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. scary how. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, o- and over that. time, boy, it can really damage you. Absolutely, if you're, if you're doing it in excess. Yep. I as have. I as I drink a sip of my beer. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> well, that's funny you brought him up. I that was yeah. I remember. Yeah, I wonder know. if he's still around. I wonder how he's doing. I'm, you know, probably, with, with probably him hitting on. the bottle again by now. <laughs> COVID probably sent him mm. over the freaking loop. Yeah. Well, I mean, considering the the modern technology of Facebook and stuff that we have today, I probably could find him. Yep, but, you just might. Um, uh, let's see. Okay, so I brought up um this bottle of it's called Bactine. Ooh, it doesn't sound good. So when you were talking about all these uses of Listerine, mm-hmm. uh, I watched that the Christmas movie, A Christmas Story. Yep. And the mother in The Christmas Story had, I want to say it was Bactine, and it was the cure-all for everything. Is that when, where I when, heard that before? Yeah, and when when Ralphie was, you know, shot his eye out, 
<laughs> you'll shoot your eye out that be right. um you know he had uh had a little cut on his just below his eye and bactine was i want to say bactine was oh. the the remedy and there was something else that was like in the the movie as well and then this the modern take on like the second version of it where the child actors are back creating this new yep. movie uh she's still using it really <laughs> yes oh well i'm gonna be a nice wa- throwback i'm gonna be watching it so- i'm gonna be watching it soon so i'll yeah. check it out yeah, yeah oh that's interesting yeah so anyway uh yeah <laughs> do you want me to go on to my next one or you got another one well yeah yeah go on and then i'll 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 uh, bring up another good one. okay so this was a confusing one because there's, there's so many conflicting stories and there's old wives tales but we had a time change recently daylight savings time we uh fell back an hour Mm-hmm. And I didn't, for the longest time, I thought that the reason that we had daylight savings was because of the farmers and farming and needing to be up at certain hours and all this stuff. Total wives tale. Not true. I don't know if I heard that one. Yeah. Why is it? Uh, it? It's not true because farmers get up at the crack of dawn and before because sunlight determines when they're working, not the hour. For sure. Okay. Yeah. So nature is what forces them to be out working, not a nine to five, a boss telling you I, I, when to work. I'm re- I would be really shocked that anybody would do anything for the farmers. So <laughs> yeah, well, especially today, trust me. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's I mean, worse today. That's not me making fun of them farmers. It's uh, just, uh, I just know they don't get enough respect. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah. Daylight saving time was first implemented in the U S uh, with the standard time act of 1918. It was a wartime measure for seven months during World War I in the interest of adding more daylight hours to conserve energy resources. Hmm. It was originally, I want to say it was 18... Let me look here. I should probably do a better job of taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, It was actually 1784 where this guy basically said, hey, you... Actually, this guy, it was uh, Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> Just some, <chump. laughs> some guy. Some guy. <laughs> I think that's what it says here. Um, in a satirical letter to the editor of a journal in Paris, Franklin s- suggested that waking up earlier in the summer would economize on candle usage. And, of course, it we're was in a satirical it, letter. We're doing this. He wasn't serious about it. Because of candle usage, but but other some other people considered that's kind of an important point. Is like you could save on candle usage, or in now modern terms, energy. Yeah, because you're shifting the times where people are up no, using this stuff. Not in these days, because and, some of these people don't even leave the house anymore, <laughs> and it's always dark. Got their video games going twenty four seven. They have everything they're plugged in. Yeah. Well, and think about energy usage has changed significantly. Think about summertime, and when is the hottest point of the day, and at what point is your house without air conditioning the hottest? If I had to guess, it's like 3 o'clock. It's like... I don't yeah, know. It's later in the day. It's, it's not, that, not noon. Yep, exactly, yeah. So later in the day, it, it starts to get really hot. And if you don't have air conditioning, that heat lingers in your house much, mm-hmm. much later. And uh, anyway, so by shifting the time to save on other forms of energy, 
is negated by other uses of energy, modern, modern uses of energy. It's only an hour. And, and it, it looks like the reason that people shifted over is because there was this, this push to like save on resources and stuff. Now we're in a, like a real global economy. There's tons of air travel. There's people going in from one place to another, from one time zone to another. And some countries don't recognize daylight savings. Mm. In fact, some states in the United States don't recognize daylight savings. <laughs> yeah. I think um, the Arizona doesn't do daylight savings. So there are times of the year where we are in the same time zone or on the same time as Arizona. And then once daylight savings shifts over, we're now an hour, I want to say it's an hour difference or yeah, something. Yeah. And uh, I could be wrong on this, but... Yeah, I think you might be but, right. You're, but, you're, you're, on the, you're close. You understand what I'm trying yeah. to say. So uh, anyway, it's very confusing when you've got to go through different time zones and some people don't hold true to it. It's always weird when I'm looking at how long it takes to fly someplace because then you have to consider, well, really, what time is it going to be yeah. when you get there? So... Uh, Totally get My watch is going to say when we get there at five, but it's actually going to be eight. Oh, fuck. yeah, terrible. Well, that's why you know you Ooh. have this weird jet lag, um, this weird feeling that you know so, it's so, supposed to be a different time. So if I'm if I am going from here, going east to Florida, <laughs> okay, yeah, follow what you're saying, okay, and I, and I, and I what is it? Is it six hours difference? Uh, East Coast time, I want to say it's four hours from us. All right, we'll go with that. Mm-hmm. So what uh, if, could be? I gosh dang it, I could be wrong. I might have to look that one up. Well, while I'm, it might be three while hours. I'm being stupid. Go do that. So, okay. <laughs> what if? What if I decide I want to fly around this direction to get there? Mm-hmm. The long way around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'd probably be back in the same situation. It's going to take me four extra hours. It's going to take no, you a long. Like, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I just like it's just weird to me that. Yeah, it's a four-hour difference yeah. in time zones. Yeah, and I guess that time zones I could get. Okay, that I do get, but the daylight savings time, I was like, well, think about we really. I don't. I I don't think we need that. Think about Australia. They're like in the future. Yeah, they're like tomorrow, right now. Yeah, but we're in the past. We're always we're, living in the damn past. We're always in the past. To those guys, it's retro over here. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think it's an interesting thing where you could be in the same time zone but then some people or some towns don't recognize, don't recognize it right yeah i i i will tell you i don't really care i i guess sometimes it's neat to switch things up mm-hmm. just because you know oh okay well well mm-hmm. i guess but i don't think i would notice if it i guess i guess for me it'd be better because um i don't even switch the 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 my vehicle's uh the clock time. <laughs> yeah. I just look on the phone and I watch. Well, my daughter is like, oh, it's an hour off. I go, no, it's just, it'll be bright it'll next year. <laughs> don't have to change yeah, it. Yeah, that's funny. I do panic once in a while. Like, oh, okay, we're good, we're good. We're yeah. Good. Uh-huh. But I am annoyed by it. Uh, I don't like the fall back because I like my evening to be a little bit later. So I, of course, run on a schedule. I'm not a farmer where I'm, you know, my life is dictated by the sunlight. I unfortunately have to go with other people's schedules. Well, coaching for me is a real pain this time of year. Like right after that time changes, it's a real pain because now the hour is a significant change in when the sun sets. So 
like right now, 4.30-ish is when the sun is setting for us. Yeah. A month ago, that would have been 5.30. So when I do a coaching session from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock, I'm only getting half the sunlight right, now. Right. I can't even finish the coaching session with light out, which... You could do that indoors. Well, so I tried to do a little bit of that indoors. <laughs> uh, I had a coaching session yesterday. And Remember, I, he throws the javelin, so yeah. it's not a grand idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, by the way. <laughs> uh, so there's a throwing area under the grandstands at the high school I, I uh, coach at. And it's like really dark even before 4.30 hits because there's it's blocked by you know the grandstands. And so I brought out this LED light. And the LED light is really, really bright if you're looking at the LED. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't like fill it, up the darkness. It does kind of fill out. Yeah, it does. It does brighten up the area. But the worst thing is like you, we, you can throw javelin balls into a net. But as soon as you pick up that ball and walk back to your starting location, you're completely blinded. Oh. So now when you blink your eyes, you're seeing these seeing that light. This, oh, this blight. I hate that. Yeah. It's so anyway. I, I find it annoying to have to change. I would love to have just one set of time and that be it. Yeah, it would be so, easy to do. Yeah. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. Well, thanks for you're not the only one on the soapbox. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I, I'm good either way. So I was going to tell you about, and I may not know too much about, but do you know what the heck a chainsaw is invented for? Well, you phrase it like that, I go, well, I don't know. I assume chainsaws were for cutting wood. Well, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm wrong. So it's just, ugh. Ugh. it just, just sucks to actually have to think about it. So the chainsaws were invented for cutting bone. Oh. Yeah. And I will tell you, it is effective. I know people <laughs> that it just kicks back and just barely hit them in the leg. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good for cutting bone. Yeah. In fact, it's probably really good at cutting bone. It's actually, you know, having to struggle to cut through wood. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> yes, saying. it can be, yeah. So let's see if I have anything good here. Um, so this is says, according to the history of the chainsaw, the journal says orthopedics became a specialty with the help of a new instrument. The, hmm. I'm going to try to say this. The osteotome, invented around 1830 by, a German, by the German Bernard Hein. The illustration from a contemporary inventory of surgical tools shows clearly that this is a cleaver. (laughs) (laughs) This cleaver master of, I can't even say it, prosthetics, Mm -hmm. had in fact invented the chainsaw. Wow. Wow. I wonder how it was powered. You know, my guess is that it was electric for some reason. Mm -hmm. I hope. I don't know why. What year was that? It was 1830. Okay, yeah. It's a good possibility. Yeah, the links of the chainsaw carried small cutting teeth with mm-hmm. edges set at an angle. The chain was moved around a guiding blade <laughs> by turning the handle. Oh. Oh, manual. Oh, dear God. <laughs> hey, once it's set oh. in the bone, <laughs> you don't have to worry. You just keep cranking on it. It's you not just gonna... pour a little Listerine on there for some antiseptic. <laughs> well, I think about the, uh, the handsaw that I had. In fact, I have it in the back oh of my car. Oh, gosh, it's terrible. Uh, I was out cutting wood um, at this property that I have that uh, it's really like old, dead, super dried out wood. And it is very brittle, but it does not, it's not easily cut with this handsaw. 
it just bounces everywhere. Oh. So I just imagine, you know, cutting into this bone and it like bounces or something and now you've got like chip marks all along the bone. <laughs> you're trying of course, to... <laughs> and it's slow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you and, hope that person's out. I couldn't imagine. Well, think about the other piece because uh, I've used my chainsaw here recently because of all the storms. Uh, think of all that, all the chips that end up flying back at you and collecting on your clothing and into your shoes and yeah that'd be gross. maybe maybe i'm just exaggerating no th- are you kidding me <laughs> so that gross. stuff gets all over me yes. and then the other thing i love the smell of a chainsaw and the wood chips like mm-hmm. I, when it's on my jeans i like the smell it reminds me of my grandpa what would that smell be like if it were bone oh just like just before you throw a brisket on <laughs> just before you make uh, stew uh-huh yeah i don't know bone marrow soup yeah yeah Ugh. Yeah, that's that would be gruesome. Yeah, well, that's an interesting one, Dave. I had not heard that. Yeah, yeah. that sucks. Uh, so this is one that a lot of people. You were talking to me when we were looking at inventions. This is everywhere. A lot of people know about it, which Ooh. is uh, which is Play-Doh. Oh, Play-Doh is one of those things that is super popular. Um, the the backstory I find very interesting. Oh, okay. Why? <laughs> you I, used look to, I used to eat Play-Doh. Oh, it's okay. It's non-toxic. You can totally eat Play-Doh. It's a little salty. It is so very salty. Yeah. Yeah. So the backstory is Play-Doh was actually invented for a different purpose. And? It was invented to clean the soot off of wallpaper. There's a, um, a cuddle company. It's, that's the name of it. A wallpaper Way back, this is the early 1900s and even earlier, wallpaper was like the thing. You very rarely see wallpaper in houses anymore. Yeah, yeah. And Some people are trying to have a comeback, but they're morons. Yeah. <laughs> and I hate wallpaper. <laughs> I hate it too. Well, it's a it's a real pain to deal with. Yeah. Um, but with this, uh, back in the day, uh, people used to heat their homes with wood, with yeah. oil, with coal. It was like really kind of dirty way of, of heating your home. And so wallpaper would collect this kind of smoky soot hmm. stuff. And so this company invented this putty that you could, you know, mash up and you could reuse. You roll it across the wall. It cleans it, takes all that soot right off the really? yeah off the wall. And uh, well, I could have used that back in the day. Well, <laughs> you know the house, yeah, Nico stains and who knows? I don't... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um yeah so i again watching that movie the christmas story movie there's a scene in there where ralphie is learning swear words really from his dad because he gets frustrated all the time and one of the problems that he has is he's always having to go into the basement and fix the dang furnace uh-huh. and you can see there's these the little vent next to the door that goes down to the furnace and it pushes out all this black smoke so as soon as i saw this this little you know, historical bit, that's where my brain went because it's like black, sooty smoke. Right. And you can imagine that's going to collect on stuff. And, oh, and it did. This was the method. So, yeah. So anyway, eventually um, wallpaper and methods of heating your home changed. And so this was a product that was going to go by way of the, you know, the little whip for the buggy, you know, buggy yeah. whips. It wasn't going to be used or in demand much anymore because... It just wasn't going to be necessary. And so I want to say that it was a, a sister-in-law. Um, 
Yeah, nursery school teacher, sister-in-law of Kay Zufall. Mm. Um, and this was a sister-in-law of Joseph McVicker, who was the inventor of it. And she was a nursery school teacher and took some of this stuff to the kids because it was non-toxic, heavy salt content and some other things that, you know, you can eat and be yeah. okay. Um, and the kids just loved it. They loved how the, it was much cleaner and easier to... Um, to, to mold than clay. molding clay because yeah. molding clay is is really kind of thick and it holds its shape really well. So, it, it's got its pros and cons. Yeah, but and just, so the, yeah. the kids loved it, and so this was like a big deal. She apparently it was a huge deal. Yeah, Plato's still a big deal to yeah. kids. She recommended that uh, he change his business model and and actually market this to. Really? You know, as a, as like a, a clay alternative. Well, somebody helped out somebody. Good to hear. Yeah, and I think it's Hasbro. I think it's Hasbro that owns the company or the the you know rights to it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of a neat story. Yeah, you know, it is. one thing turning into something new. Most and... of us has played with Play-Doh uh-huh. in America, one point or yeah. another. Yeah. Maybe over at somebody else's house because you couldn't afford the Play-Doh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not like. Legos. Legos are so expensive now. But Plato, I got to brag on a buddy. Yeah? I got to see how he's doing or if he's even waiting. I don't know if it's a gift. But he just scored himself the Titanic Lego set. Oh, that's got to be a big one, huh? It's like six feet Ooh. long. How many hundreds of dollars is that? I don't. I did ask him, and I can't remember how many because I don't want to lie. Six or eight hundred. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I think I almost want to look it up. If I'm wrong, yeah. well, who knows? The Google p- could probably tell us. I know. I know he had a little uh, Lamborghini that was like sixty or eighty bucks. So I could only imagine. Oh yeah. So, but this is thousands of pieces, you know. But I can't wait for. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> yeah. Here it is on sale for six hundred seventy nine dollars <coughs> and ninety nine cents. Well, I will. Oof. <laughs> oh. Thank you, Google. It is cool. Mm -hmm. I I don't, I guess I just, you know, it's just weird because some people could see what I would spend seven, eight hundred bucks on and go, really? (laughs) You know, you're just going to hang that up there or something. You know, that's funny. It's to each their own, right? To each their own, exactly. You know, I I can't, I can't even knock it. I mean, and, and, and some of that stuff is really cool. It's just whether or not I'd ever go spit. I mean, I would do it. Mm -hmm. I just, don't think I'd go spend the money on it. I wouldn't have the time to spend to put that stuff together. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd, my wife and kid, if they left, then I'd probably go get a little a little bit of gin and sit down a night. Okay, so I guess, yeah. I mean, because I, I like to, like, roll cigars and stuff. So there are some things that I, I guess I'd probably jack away. it all up, though, if I had to have gin and put it together. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. Yeah, it might sink just like the original. Oh. Uh, okay, so Dr. Spencer Silver, a 3M scientist, was busily researching an adhesive in a laboratory. In the process, he discovered something very peculiar. An adhesive that stuck lightly to surfaces but didn't bond tightly to them. Can you guess what this product is? Sounds like Play-Doh, but is it... Not, is, it, is, it is, it is it the silly putty? It's the post-it notes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was actually trying to figure out a really strong adhesive. Oh, and he sucked at and it. He, <laughs> he was terrible at finding the stickiest <laughs> stuff in, in the world. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and he he failed at finding something super sticky. I'm so glad he did. But uh, I use that on a daily. Aren't those handy? Yeah, on super a handy. Daily. Mm-hmm. So do I. Wow. I'm a, I'm a tech nerd, so I like to use my technology for a lot of like note taking and other stuff. But post-it notes are like the quickest little thing. I've got them on my desk. I got a pen right there, and yep. so when someone walks in and says, "Hey, I need this thing done." I can just quickly write a, a sticky note and I put it on my computer or on my monitor or whatever it is. And I see it like constantly. Yep. Uh, and yep. once in a while I'll transfer that onto my, <laughs> on my to-do list on my, on my phone. I've noticed but, my monitor has got a couple more uh, on it and I'm like, oh, I, and, and I'm right there. Mm-hmm. Some of it's old. I could take it down, but I don't have, it's so stupid. I don't have time. <laughs> I do, but <laughs> I don't. It's so yeah. weird. But you know what I like? Hmm. They have those little mini post-it notes. Mm-hmm. I like those little ones. Those mm-hmm. are those are my favorite. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I never talked about post-it notes. Post-it notes before. Yeah. Well, now they have huge like poster size post-it notes. I know. Yeah, it's cool. We have these uh, with a tripod and yeah. everything. Uh-huh. Yep. We order. Go get a yeah. post-it note board or whatever <laughs> he called it. But yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just funny that it was just a it was a mistake and you know turned out to be this fantastic product. And man, sometimes those are the best, right? Yeah, I was kind of wondered though. So if it's this, you know, sticky stuff that really doesn't stick to anything permanently for very long, how does they get it to stick to the paper? Whoa, man! <laughs> Whoa, it totally blew my mind, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe just enough to. There's stick. some other adhesive. Yeah, that why makes doesn't it... it come off of the paper? Mm-hmm. What yeah. is it double adhesived? It's got to be, there's got to be something Stickier else to on it. one side. Uh-huh. It's got to be something else. Yeah. It's an awful lot. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting thought though. It is. Yeah. You want to talk about super glue? Well, hell yeah. That now somebody we, that, somebody, we, somebody that actually did it. Super glue is another one of those wartime things that, uh, I think is kind of interesting. Um, let's see. Yeah. It goes back to world war one, uh, Kodak company. Uh, Harry Wesley Coover worked at the Eastman Kodak Company in Rochester, New York. A well-known photographic film company, had a long history with the military research. Uh, When America went to war in 1941, Kodak joined the effort. The company tasked its optical engineers with researching precision bomb sites and night vision devices. so Kodak scientists took, uh, took up the new plastic and chemicals for the military. Uh, among them was Coover, a graduate student working at Kodak, and uh, completed his degree at, at Cornell. In 1942, Coover's team searched for the perfect transparent plastic to cast gun sights. To cast gun sights, okay? The science experimented with several different compounds in their research, for a polymer with an optical clarity that could rival glass. Okay, so the reason that I emphasize um, the the casting is because if if normally if you think about like casting something out of metal, it's in liquid form, and they pour it into a mold, and you know do whatever process they do to cool it, it comes out as a certain shape of the mold. Casting, right? Well, this stuff was way too sticky like it was a real pain like it was not an easy method of casting and so they basically kind of 
threw it out. Not a so good So they were success. kind of hoping it was some type of resin or plastic uh-huh. is what they were going for. Yes, yes. So these guys kind of failed like the last gentleman. Uh-huh. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. But it turns out that um, when it touches something that has a slight amount of moisture, it hardens very quickly and very, very strong, like extremely strong. And so they started using it for other things like the um, airplane like canopies because those weren't glass. They were some sort of like, you know, uh, plastic of some, you know, I don't even know what they, um, what they call it anyway, but they realized that this stuff was super, super strong. And they even started using it later on to uh, bond skin together from cuts and injuries, yeah. uh, they actually started using it in some in some cases internally. Yep. And uh, now I've used it on on cuts of my fingers before, and I've I've actually gotten it. Well, like many people, I've gotten it on my fingers on accident and bonded my fingers together. How'd you get them apart? Uh, I think it was some sort of. Um, I was like a kind of. Um, Oh, uh, it was like a liquid remover or something. So you, had, you knew about a remover? Yeah, you? yeah, there was some sort of remover, and I don't know what kind of... It, I don't know if it was like a fingernail polish thing or if it was some other some other material. But yeah, I remember it being a liquid, yeah. So... <laughs> you uh, got a story. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> I was I was probably 11 or 12, I was, and I was at my aunt's house, and and she had... Just stuff everywhere. Stuff, stuff, stuff. I mean, like a table with just stuff. Anyways, she had some super glue that was there. And so I was sitting there and I was gluing some stuff, gluing some stuff. I didn't know that it was leaking all down in these three fingers. (laughs) Completely. For a while. Oh, no. He's talking about his, like, pinky ring. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they were, I mean, all the way up. And I got panicky like i said i'm gonna get in trouble i used a fucking oh oops <laughs> i used a steak knife oh no and i just started cutting and sitting there crying just cut, cut, oh, and it, no. it, it took me forever bloody mess i can't even believe i i don't have no scars I'm, i have to look now because i've have forgotten f- do you have fingerprints <laughs> I should tell you about this one fingerprint. It involved a cigarette lighter in a car. Oh no! <laughs> he got stuck to it. Uh, They're like, "Oh, well, I had to rip it off, and yeah. I have a jacked up fingerprint." Yeah, can't work for the FBI, evidently. Well, no, actually, I up. Dang it! It still shows as unique. Oh, <laughs> but it, oh. but yeah, yeah. Gosh, Unfortunately, that's really sad. if I do mess around with any of that glue. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a, maybe because it's just, you know, PTSD, mm-hmm. but I have to put on some of those little latex gloves, yeah. man. I can't, I didn't know that there was like, um, you know, some kind of, uh, acetone and stuff mm-hmm. that could take yeah. it apart. Yeah. There you go. But I was just too scared to tell them that I, I got it all over me. Yeah. Which is stupid. I shouldn't have just like, yo, I got some stuff on me. I know I'm stupid. <laughs> she just, but I don't know. I was yeah. always, always afraid to get in trouble. Well, so they, um, like I said, they, they used to, you know, use it for internal injuries and mm-hmm. stuff. And they did a whole bunch of tests on, on, you know, rodents or whatever. And turns out that the rodents would get tumors in the areas that had, had been used. So it had never really been approved for internal oh. use. So. Well, they must have came up with something else. Yeah. Because they do, they have some kind of glue that they use now mm-hmm. to 
glue it yeah. into... Well, oh. and maybe things have changed since, um, you know, the time where they were trying to get this approved. But, but still, that's that's mm-hmm. that's why they got there. Yeah. I mean, that's... Huh. Yeah, there's a, a ton of different really cool medical technology for, like, war, you know, war zone areas. Um, one of the things in, like, first aid is just trying to get the bleeding to stop. And so they have these packaging uh, packing materials that you can pack a wound with that's, like, pre... Uh, I don't know if it's like in a gun or like a syringe type thing and they can just put it into a, a hole in your body and, a, it, and yeah. push it in there and that stuff expands and, and basically seals it up until you get to the hospital where they can yep. pull it out. And they recommend uh, you having uh, some tampons on you for if you have any major bullet wounds and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're yeah, right. It's a, it is a syringe that you have to unfortunately be able to, it's like this big around. You know, it's a big syringe, yeah, holy and you cow. have to stick it in there. <laughs> Dear Lord, the things you have to do to save your life in, in yeah. that kind of a situation. At that point, you just, if you were you're still probably conscious. Probably in shock. You're probably going, hey, you know, <laughs> hell, I'll just take it out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't imagine being in the situation you have to use that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one last one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't, do you have more? Do you, is there anything else you want to share? I don't think I should. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone knows about Viagra. Oh. Did, did you? Uh, I've never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Everybody knows. What do you mean? Yeah, the um, little blue pill. The yeah. little blue pill, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, evidently it's another one of those inventions that was designed for, to do something else. It was designed for like heart attacks, like what do they call it, angina? <laughs> and uh, not the other gina. Um, <laughs> but th- it was meant for pul- pulmonary arterial hypertension and turns out <laughs> that a lot of these people who were in the test group taking this stuff noticed something else was oh, doc. changing <laughs> about their It's been body. three and a half hours, man. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is they, they said that it, they noticed that it, you know, an erection would last up to two hours. But if it lasted more than two hours, you better get medical attention. Now, how they get that out of your system so that things go back to I think more they, of a I relaxed think, I think they state. rub it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's dude. where I would start. It's a family show, Dave. <laughs> well, you know what? Even the kids have to learn. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. That's, that's terrible. Yeah, that's funny. It's just funny that... that you know, there are people who go in and, and are like test subjects. You know, when yeah. clinical trials are ready for humans, they go in there and they come in and they don't know like, what to expect. And there's like 43 guys in there and they're <laughs> playing like lightsabers, <laughs> like some space balls action going on in there. Uh, so funny. That is, but how weird would that be? They're like, dude, I, I'm not even thinking about anything. What's it, what, yeah. what, I mean, because, you know, people that take Viagra, they expect something right now. Mm-hmm. Those people didn't expect a. A, no, uh, a Woody. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and so that mm-hmm. that just had to have been kind of a peculiar that. Yeah, and, and it makes me feel like holy cow, this wasn't that long ago, nineteen eighty nine. No, not really. Pfizer, Pfizer was uh, developing it, and then I want to say, was it right around two thousand, I think it was then approved for erectile dysfunction. Yeah, they probably completely dropped what they were going with. Like, let's just. Let's just do it for this. Yeah, I could be wrong on that. You know what we could do? Date, we but... should. Have you ever used it? No, no. I, I I imagine there might be one day in my old old version of myself 
that uh, I might be looking for a blue pill. Because uh, I was going to say, we could do a show. <laughs> <laughs> I could score We're gonna some We're going to lose so many audience members. Because <laughs> uh, nobody ever talks about how long it takes until it gets effect. Yeah, they say 20 minutes. 20, oh, they do? 20 minutes. Oh. You should probably get See, to your know. full impact. Potential. <laughs> full potential. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I think, I think we'll... Uh, I think we'll wrap it up there. Well, <laughs> that is something to do. Okay. Once it's in gear. <laughs> Oof. Uh, there you go, boys and girls. All right. Uh, thanks again for watching and listening to the show. You can catch us on YouTube or Spotify. If you're looking for the video version of the show, you can find more information on our website. At Never2Series.com. And join us on social media at the NTS Podcast on Getter, Twitter, and Parlor. Until we see you next time, take care and be safe.